0: Rock Salt Radio. Be
1: afraid, also tremendously afraid, for the day of reckoning is upon us. Broadcasting from within our six feet social distance. Oh, yeah, y'all. Yeah.
2: For me and the Lord.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We got an understanding.
1: We're on a mission from God. Yeah, man, on a mission from God. It's Aaron, Dave, and Patrick on the Rock Salt MuseCast Experience.
3: ADP. We're putting the band back together.
1: Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. ADP. But I'm not cutting any checks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you know, putting the band oh, man. back Man, you got to understand. It's a lot than any <laughs> domestic problems. I know. You got to scratch the surface so for that joke.
2: only better if you knew that what we're asking Matthew
1: to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. What do we got this week, Aaron, besides you in the Pacific?
2: Then you lied to me about the band. Oh, Alaska. Now you're it's Alaska, Dave. Back
3: in the joint. It's Alaska.
1: We're on a mission from God. He's on Orca. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you jump the Santa Fe onto the boat like they did in Blues Brothers? <laughs> 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 Half a pack
2: of cigarettes. It's dark. Oh, they would have been really angry if I did, Dave. Hit <laughs> <Get> it. <laughs>
3: Aaron, this is about you.
1: Yeah, it's all about you. Aaron's out in Alaska swimming in Lake Me. <laughs>
2: the Lord works in mysterious
0: ways.
1: Yep. Strike up the band, Sal. All right. You know, I contemplated. I went back and forth with myself because I had an idea this morning. And, uh, you know, uh, now that I'm talking about it, I think I'm just going to do it. I'm gonna change up Sal's music today, just for Aaron. Oh, just for me? Just for you? Well, it was a, it was a toss-up. It was a toss-up between that. Oh, let me find it. I gotta find it. Hang on. It, I had it all set up on a playlist and now it's not working for me.
3: Oh, oh see? see.
1: There we go. Is this one more like it? Love <laughs>
3: It's exciting, and true. it's exciting, and new. Oh, for the Titanic, Titanic Nova music. Well, <laughs> <boy. laughs> it really was.
1: Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of that, but uh, uh, let's see here.
3: Oh, and when this music starts playing, Aaron, just give it, just yell out for Rose, but don't let your wife hear.
2: <laughs> uh, she's still
3: asleep. So, sweet, so um,
1: yeah, you're right, Patrick. This would have been funnier.
3: I'd be like, Rose, you better share that door when this boat goes down. There's room for two. There's room for two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday when we
2: were going to the Tracy Arm Forge, uh, there was pretty big ice in the uh, in the area. Um luckily, the captain likes his life more than mine and decided he didn't want to go down with the ship. Yeah. So uh, we missed the ice. You know. Uh,
1: you know, I I do kind of like uh, Celine Dion playing in the background while you tell us stories of you being on the love yes. boat. <laughs> oh
2: Hello.
3: You
1: know. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. No, I was just getting into it. Too. I know. I know you love the Celine Dion.
3: I was going to weep a little.
1: <laughs> Don't you do a cover of that?
3: <laughs> huh?
1: Don't you do a cover of that
3: song in your shows? I'm going to now. I'd <laughs> and, and every, every rather you do the love boat. The love boat would be better. I'm going to dress up as Rose and I'm going to be Jack.
1: There you go. So, there you go. See? Oh man! I think you should come out to the love boat. That would be funny.
3: Come out to the love boat and close it down with Celine Dion's. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And Dude, we could get you a job on a on a ship.
3: Intermittently throughout the set, just scream out, "I'm the king of the world." <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're gonna do from now on.
1: Okay, perfect. Oh, God. Uh, chalk it up, man.
3: All right. You, well, you ought to get on like a you gotta get like a little boat. On stage, too. Like a little blow up wrath. And, and have like, you little know, Oopaloopa people just drag us out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh,
1: this would be fantastic. Oh, you want to talk about being offensive?
3: Right. <laughs> hey, listen, if Charlie from the chocolate factory could have little orange men, I can too. Just, yeah. that's
1: true. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, what's, what's, uh, uh, I've read the book and what's really sad about that story that nobody really talks about is, you know, That slave labor, he wasn't paying them. He was just giving them a place
3: to live. They had room and board, Dave. They had all the chocolate river that they could drink from. <laughs> Every kind of candy they ever wanted were ta- perfectly taken care of. All they had to do was maintain it. Oh, we talked about Willy walking that way, pal.
1: Oh, come on. They so don't what look really all. I
3: talked about is that scumbag, Grandpa Jack. Oh, he's was all oh. laid up in the bed for 20, 30 years, and all of a sudden a golden ticket comes <laughs> rolling around and he pops out like a spring chicken. Lazy scumbag.
1: I he's... agree. I have said that for years and years. I was like, here's this guy. That is uh, confined to his bed, and suddenly there's a golden ticket, and he's healed. (laughs) He can dance and everything.
3: Must have have been one of them Jesus chocolates.
1: (laughs) I mean, come on, man. I mean, the family is is drowning in debt, and the only one working is dad, right? And he's barely making it.
3: Yeah, way to go, Grandpa! Way to way to save the the the, the whatever your last names were. What was that, Charlie?
1: I oh, what was it, Charlie? Oh,
3: I got a computer because it's gonna eat me. Alive. Yeah, you're
1: gonna have to look that one up. Oh, okay. The uh, um but didn't doesn't uh, uh, the UK have like socialized medicine and stuff like that to make sure that people don't go into that kind of debt and don't they have socialism for that? I I could be wrong. I don't
3: <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Well, we're getting ready to find out. Oh, sorry, we, said, we, we, said, we said that we were going to stay away from that. Yeah,
1: we were going to stay away from politics. But that that, not that, not is right. a, that is isn't—that is a That's legit right. question. Where where was the government to help these people?
3: Um, They were at the chocolate fest. <laughs> <day>.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, standing at the gates going open, open, open.
3: Licking wallpaper talking <laughs> about the schnozberries tasting like schnozberries. So you got
2: an answer yet? On that computer?
1: Yeah, I know. It's a um, pretty uh, slow computer we're filling, man.
3: It's on, uh, it's on my phone. They're only giving me the first name, but I think it was Charlie Puckett, wasn't it? Yeah, it was some kind of
1: Uckett type of thing.
3: Yeah, I know what I I was of, thinking uh, like was
1: Crockett or you know not
3: Crockett. Charlie you know, it was like Charlie Puckett, but it's only yeah. saying, and it was Grandpa Bucket. Joe, not
1: Grandpa it's Charlie George. Bucket. Charlie it's, Bucket. It's his last name, Bucket.
3: Okay. Charlie Bucket. Yeah, because there's Miss. I, uh, all right, I'm glad we yeah. dove into those. Well, partners. this show has just uh, screeched to a halt.
2: Yeah,
3: I'm going gonna...
2: hey, to.
3: Go, Aaron. I don't even know what Aaron said. Hey, go ahead.
1: No, you go ahead. We're all waiting I'm on about, you, brother. I'm
3: about to say, hey, I'm on this, okay,
2: I'm on this trip. Uh, um, Patrick just took a trip. We're going to find out more about the trip he just took when we come back on the Rock Salt Newscast Experience. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Joseph Rojas from the band Seventh Day Slumber, and you're listening to Rock Salt Musecast, and I'm hanging out with Dave and Aaron on a mission from God. Keep it locked.
1: Rock Salt Musecast experience. Aaron, Patrick, and Dave, or Aaron, Dave, and Patrick, or I don't know. Aaron's on a delay. He's out there on a boat in Alaska. How's things going? With
3: an orca and a glacier. It's going great. It's going great.
1: Well, that's good to hear. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm glad things are going great.
3: <laughs> I want to hear about a goat. An orca, a goat, and a glacier on Aaron's cruise. That would just tie the story all together, and I don't know why. But I really I think you're going to come back with a story about a goat, Eric.
1: <laughs> is, is God speaking to you, Patrick?
3: Yeah, I think it's very prophetic.
1: <laughs> I don't mean to be blasphemous. I'm, I'm just uh, No, no, no. I, right.
3: But I just really feel like there's a goat coming along in this.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, hey, I wanted to talk about this with you, Patrick, uh, because Michael Sweet from Striper posted this a few days ago and uh, it's it's something i find interesting in the music business about rights to songs and catalogs and that sort of thing so let me read the post this is from michael sweet he says so this guy who was supposed to be a friend goes to our old label and buys the rights to release our catalog what's the problem with that number 1 he never came to us to see if it was something we were planning on doing number 2 We're releasing a few albums uh, this year, side projects and a new Striper album, and he's overstepping our plans. It's just something you don't do, especially if you call yourself a believer and a friend, and it's unethical. Number three, he licensed and remastered our albums, and we didn't approve of this, and we haven't even heard from him uh, or heard them. He never spoke to us about it, and if he had, we would have said no. That's something that the band should have the rights to, not anyone else. It's our band, our brand, and our right. Legally, he can do it, but it's just wrong. All it does is hurt us financially. We're doing our best to survive, and when someone does this, it just makes it harder for us to survive. Number three, he licensed and remastered our albums, and we, oh, I already read that one, didn't I? Yes, it did. sorry. Uh, It's in two different pictures. Sorry. Uh, If you want to support the band and help the band continue on, don't support people like this. I won't name names, but it isn't hard to figure out. This guy isn't helping us. He's hurting us. All I can ask is that you don't buy any of these albums and you wait until we, Striper, release legitimate official merchandise. Please don't support other people who are living off our name and legacy. Thanks.
3: What do you think of that, Patrick? I think Sweet's an idiot. To be quite honest with you, really, why, I, dude? I mean, have your 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 t's crossed and your eyes dotted in every aspect of your business. He's been doing this for how long? It's what thirty years now? Close to, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm what seven years deep into this, maybe eight, maybe ten. I'm I'm, I'm got much less time in the industry, but I've known from day one. To make sure that anything that I write, that I create, that I put out there, or whatever, has my name all over it, legally taken care of. That way, snakes like this can't come behind and do this. He left the he left the meat on the hook. That he so he, I don't I don't think Sweet has the right to get on there and complain about somebody uh, being opportunistic and and so I mean that's on that's on Michael Sweet in my opinion. Now, now don't get me wrong, I don't have any problems with with Sweet or Striper or anything like that, but. Um, <laughs> I do have problems with stupid business decisions. Yeah, and then I, I
1: feel you on that. It's it is a stupid business decision, and uh, none of us were there at the signing or anything. But uh, you know, I know a lot of bands. Maybe not so much anymore, but I know a lot of bands back then were just hungry to get signed because that was the next step, and uh, you couldn't right. do anything unless you could get signed. And so a lot of them signed away their catalogs, like um, uh, Motley Crue. You know they had to wrestle back their catalog from Electra.
3: Even with that statement right there, though, Dave Sweet has had clearly ample opportunity to go back and buy his catalogs back. If some random Joe can come off the street who claims to be a friend or whatever to walk right up and buy the catalog remaster, re-release, what was preventing Michael Sweet from doing so? It's just, it's just bad business. That's a good and point. You don't, you don't go, you don't go around complaining. And this isn't a prophetic word, Aaron, or, or I'm not speaking this into existence. But you don't go yeah. around complaining when you go poking holes in your own boat and it sinks. <laughs> just <laughs> saying. Well, what do you think, Aaron?
2: Well, I think Patrick's absolutely correct. And I I, I wonder if it's the Enigma catalog that they bought.
1: I'm, I'm pretty totally sure it is. Man. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is and because Enigma. that's the old catalog is Enigma.
2: Yeah. And, and, and maybe just Michael thought that no one would go buy that catalog, and now someone did. Well, and what I would do, if I was Michael Sweet, I would go, would you pay for it? I'll give you plus 10% to get it back. Yeah. And so, <laughs> instead of complaining, go try to buy it and give give the person a profit because they thought of it before you.
1: I, I would do this, okay? And I don't know the relationship between Michael and this person he calls a friend because I don't know who this person is. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if it was Timothy Gaines?
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's the first person I thought of oh really
1: maybe I'll send him a message and ask him (laughs) Um, anyhow but here's the thing is and by the way if it was Timothy Gaines more power to you I don't think Michael Sweets got any right because he was a founding member of that band and
3: if he bought it he was part of it Michael's statement he did say it's not too hard to figure it out so I mean if pretty much a giveaway that that's what it is. I mean, come on. Um
1: I didn't catch that part, but it's starting to seem more likely. Really I mean, it's read a it, good
3: Dave. You read the words.
1: I don't pay attention to what I read. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing.
3: Uh, you know. <laughs> you come
1: know, on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um I, and by the way, I would uh I like Timothy Gaines, I like Striper. I um I know there's friction there. And I I Seem to think Timothy Gaines, I don't know, he comes off as kind of a the quiet, moody guy. But if he did it, uh I say hats off to him. Now, if it's just a, a greasy record guy, some guy in the industry who saw an opportunity and took it, and he considers him a friend, mm, unscrupulous is the word I would use, not unethical.
3: Ooh, $3 words again this Saturday. Yeah. I better pull out the old thesaurus.
1: (laughs) Um, So... This happens a lot, though, where bands are selling their catalog or losing their catalog and that sort of thing. And it just never made sense to me because, like, when I started this show, I said, it's my show, and I'm going to do what I want to do. I own it, and I'm not going to just give it away or anything like that. Um, and I always wondered why bands are so quick to sell off their catalogs for, like, uh, the guy from... Oh, Everclear. He was on Howard Stern one time saying he doesn't own any of his catalog. He had sold it for $600,000 to pay off an ex-wife. Yeah, and I was like. That
3: just tells you that that A, um, musicians who make it are completely financially irresponsible. (laughs) And B, they don't think things through, but being in, in doing music, I don't want to say being in the industry because I'm probably the furthest thing from the industry um, one could be. But like, if our music had any weight behind it, like the the I think what we have t- ten songs, twelve songs released, something like that, I would sell that now just to to further the band, um, to to dump back into this machine to get it rolling or to help fund it for the next couple of years, you know, I would do, I mean, I could see doing that to help keeping the machine turning, but just to like, uh, like homeboy was saying to pay off 600,000 per next wife, man, you just keep going back to court and get it, get it posted. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, you know,
1: I, and see, you say it like that. I, I get it. If maybe if I was in an up and coming band and I needed a little funds to keep the machine rolling that I understand, but Once you've, once you made it and let's, let's be honest at at that time, soldiers under command and, uh, um, to hell with the devil were pretty big albums. They had made it with to hell with the devil. They were on MTV. They were touring, they were doing these big shows. So they had made it at that point, uh, is maybe the time you want to buy your catalog back or, you know, Definitely. try to work some deal. But also, if it is Tim Gaines, and man, the more I think about it, that totally makes sense. If it is Tim Gaines, then I think the right thing to do, instead of going on Facebook and, and outing this, which both of them are guilty of, Timothy Gaines has, done, has said some horrible things about the members of Striper on Facebook. Um, instead of going public on Facebook about this stuff, why don't you just give him a call and go, Hey, man. You know, we were planning on doing some stuff as well, and you are a member of this band, uh, even though you're not an active member. You're still a member, and um, I I would like to work a deal with you. You know, just out of the legacy of Striper, I'd like to make a deal with you. But that
3: requires being an adult, Dave. (laughs) That That requires being the Christian that Sweet was talking about, and going to your brother and saying, "Hey." Let's hash this out instead of no, 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 no. My arrogance and my ego and my pomp and everything. I'm going to let that get in the way of, of uh, uh, a true brotherhood and, and working things out. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, I, uh, I love Michael Sweet and I, I that would oh, be my top ti- Huh? Does he know this? Uh, no, not yet. But you know,
3: I'm gonna you flowers and chocolates. You can send it to him. I, I
1: did. I did get this restraining order the other day. Hey, Aaron, so.
3: <laughs> I want you to isolate that. Just the I love Michael Sweet and just oh yeah, I For love sure. Michael Sweet.
1: In a in a totally heterosexual rock star sort of way. Uh. <laughs> uh I, oh, this is getting going from bad to worse. I, I love Michael Sweet with what he's doing with Striper and how he's uh, staying busy and he's active on socials and he talks to people. You know that sort of. I love all of that. Um, but at the same time, I I go well. You know, I I think you're wrong on this one. I think you're wrong on this one. What? I'm wrong? No, I'm Michael wrong?
3: Sweet. Oh, Mike's wrong. Yeah, okay. this is the My one Mike's I think he's wrong. Dave, are we gonna? Are, are we gonna have a, a Zoom fight right now? Yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> right, I'm wrong. <laughs> what you defended your man now? Well, wasn't that oh, the? Michael. Wasn't that? Uh, wasn't
1: that the first clause in your writer that you are never wrong? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
3: you guys must have made me up. For me.
1: And uh, no brown M and M's, right? Uh,
3: right, the green
1: ones. The green ones. <laughs> All right. There it is, Michael Sweet. I'm going to wrap this up. It's the Rock Salt MuseCast experience.
3: Hello, everyone. This is Chris from The Last Trumpet.
0: You're listening to Rock Salt MuseCast Experience with Dave and Aaron.
1: Rock Salt MuseCast Experience. Aaron, Dave, and Patrick from Three Days Under, right? Pocket
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: I love this song. I say it every week. I love this song. You've got over a thousand uh, listens on this song and it's
3: mine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we do have over a thousand listens on that song.
1: That's what it says. Oh,
3: yeah. well, I,
1: I, so. I probably listen to this song every day. Honestly. Well, thanks, Dave. Yeah. For
3: 999.9 listens. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'll send you your check next week.
1: <laughs> My quarter. <laughs> Cause isn't that what Spotify sends you like a quarter? Uh, Eighth of a penny. Don't spend it all in one place, brother. uh,
3: Easy. Save it for a rainy day, son. Save it for a rainy day. Put it
1: in that tour fund.
3: Uh, Yeah, sure enough. (laughs) Tour fund. That tour broke us. Yeah, how'd Um, the tour go? Um, Actually, it was really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, Even though we had to cut short early, we had to cut tail and run. Um, I think it was day six because our bus Betty, she broke down. Old black Betty. Yeah, we blew a um, torque converter in the transmission, Ooh. and so searching for the part to get it fixed, they said it was an obsolete part because she's a 96 bus, and whatever, 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 so Betty, I had to wound up, uh, no, I haven't announced it to the public yet, but I had to sell Betty. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Well, rock salt exclusive, Betty's yeah, gone. There you go. <laughs> There's your nugget, Betty's gone. Betty gave up Betty. the
1: ghost. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Actually, uh, Reclaim the Day is getting her. She, they found a mechanic that were able to, to find the part on the cheap. So I sold it to Reclaim the Day, and so hopefully Betty will be great for them. Oh, Reclaim I mean, the than, Day. The, huh? tour, the, the tour was fantastic. Um, a lot of great times. It, it, as you guys noticed, the weekend I got back, I didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had to bail on that 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 show. But it would, it would have been impossible because I would have been talking like this, and it would have been bad. <laughs> It just would have made for a bad show. No, it
1: wouldn't have, because I would have made fun of you all the way through.
3: <laughs> You'd have picked up that slack. Uh, I so got your six, wa- brother. <laughs> what do you guys want to know? Why I chew on my cash shoes. You know, well, you, you, well you, you told us the story how uh, they had sparkled uh, um, uh, during the week. Well, we were in... Um, the upper room in Statesville, North Carolina. And throughout the entire week up to that point, nobody had been doing pranks on the other band. So I said, you know what? We're going to kick these tires and we're going to get it done. So I I had the great idea. I just searched in my phone, um, craft store and I went out and I bought this. It looked like a spice container about this tall. And you know, you know how spice containers look, seasoning containers full of pink Panther glitter, (laughs) And so I rushed out, got that. They my way. They kept their keys like a bunch of dum dums. Yes, I'm talking about you, Shipley, because I know you're going to watch this. Um, you kept you put your keys underneath your merch table like a dum dum. So that's how I got into your bus, because I'm a straight ninja. Because um, they kept wondering, how did you get in? Were you all dressed in black?
1: Were you uh, like ninja black?
3: He- I'm a freaking rock and roller. That's the only color I own, Dave. No. I, know. <laughs> I got a costume.
1: It was kind of an easy setup, I know.
3: But um, so, yeah, there you go, Shipley. That's how I got into your bus because you're a dumb dumb and you left your keys underneath this merch table. So I snatched them up, went in and funneled that pink panther glitter all up in their um, air vents for their AC. Oh, man. It was, it was hot that day in North Carolina. It was not a cold day. I think it was pushing like 94 plus the humidity. Oh, man. And so we get we were the last band that night. and right before our last song, I said, listen, I've got a prophetic word for for the band in faith or band Faithhead. I said, um, after tonight, you guys are gonna sparkle." <laughs> and, and they kind of looked at me like those RCA dogs like, huh? like, no guys, you guys are really gonna shine. You're gonna shine and sparkle. And so we do our set, get to pray with people, load up our gear. I'm out in our bus, which is maybe, three parking spots down from the Faithhead van. And I hear them fired up, and I look out the window there, and I hear Adam Reed, the singer for Faithhead, where's Rivers? I'm going to kill him. And I do see his poop. I mean, he's just covered in pink. Oh, I mean, man. It's all in their floorboard, their seats. Two days later, he's sending pictures out. I'm still finding glitter in my shoes. <laughs> they, caught, they FaceTimed me after Betty broke down, and, and when they were FaceTiming, you kept seeing little spits of glitter still coming out of the AC a day and a half later, it was it was pretty epic. That's funny, epic.
1: and isn't it kind of hard to take a guy seriously when he's covered in pink glitter and screaming, "I'm going to kill you"?
3: I also have these confetti cannons, and they're very loud, and they they shoot out confetti with a force. And so they're over there at the bus trying to clean it up. So I just I like Ramboed it off the back of our bus, ran around. A big old red, sparkly, foiled <laughs> confetti cannon. They just all jump and froze like cats getting poured water on them. It was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. See,
1: I was, just think, I was just thinking, man, I'd really like to get my hands on a confetti cannon. And then I went, oh, I live in California. They'll just try to ban it.
3: <laughs> right they probably will <laughs> right yeah, it, it's a projectile it's, it's gonna a, kill somebody it's, and
1: it litters and it makes a mess and yeah it's bad for the um, environment
3: the fact that it glitters will be more than welcome in california <laughs> well certain <laughs> parts yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i went there i mean it is that month after all
1: it's pride month sure
3: <laughs> yeah did, did you uh did you do anything to uh breath for war at all uh, no, no. I was saving that for the uh, very last show, but we didn't get to make it. So what were you going to uh, do? Um, we, I've got like,
1: or should what? you save it for another show?
3: Well, I'm not going to do it to them. I'm going to, it was, uh, oh, screw it. What am, what am I going to lose? Um, I've got like 15, maybe 12 costumes laying around the house. I've got a giant turkey. I've got a giant squirrel, a sumo wrestler, the big bad wolf with a grandma gown. I've got an owl.
1: Hey, I didn't want to hear about your personal life. I just wanted to know what joke you were going to pull on (laughs) him.
3: I've got Batman Deadpool and Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles, and I was going to pull all the bands that were at the show that day. And when Bread for War went on, we were just going to ransack the stage. Oh, and Mario, too. I got Mario. We were just going to ransack the stage dressed up and all this just to where Dan could not even function. I mean, we were just going to make Bread for War just be like, just like vomit, their fingers vomit, where they can't play, Dan can't sing, but we did not get that opportunity. So.
1: Well, I guess we'll find out uh, in uh, July if uh, Dan plays the tracks or not then, huh? Uh,
3: well, I can tell you now Dan doesn't play the tracks.
1: I know, I know. I was just taking a little stab. Dude,
3: I've never heard sounds like that because the the longer the tour went on, like, throughout the day, my voice would be weaker and weaker, but through prayer and exercises and, and, and some, I guess they call them lozenges. Mm-hmm. I, I want to sound as fancy as, but so lozenges. Um, I was able to actually be powerful when I was on stage for the 45-minute set. But Dan, his voice seemed to get stronger and stronger, and the just the sounds that would come, I mean, it's just like, Dan. There's like a demon crawling out of you. So, what? What is going on, man? It's not humanly possible.
1: You know that brings up a few things for me. So, bear with me on this. Number one, when I see like screamo guys doing, the roar, um, well, whenever I hear it, I imagine this big dude, and then I go see a band, and I, it's like, oh, this is this little five foot five hundred and thirty pound dude, and I'm like, what? It doesn't compute for me.
3: There's these videos that they they call it the fry scream, uh, especially a bunch of these emo bands or whatever. And you can go on YouTube and you can learn how to scream that way. Yeah. But it's just just even watching the video, I'm like, man, my, my throat doesn't do that thing that you're wanting it to do. And so I'm not even... I'm not even well. I'm not equipped. To do it. I I have a,
1: a certain respect for those bands, especially like GFM. I mean, getting that guttural growl out of out of her, you know, you just don't see it coming. But yeah. uh, and she does a great job with it. But Escrimo's not my type of music, although I do respect it and I think it has its place in metal. But Can you
3: imagine dating her though. You remember Little Nicky when he's asleep on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: well, saying. Aaron, I don't think we're getting GFM now. That's <laughs> okay. Um, That's okay. Anyways, uh, um, but the uh, um, but like I met this this dude. He was one of our first guests on this show, Nick, and he's a screamo guy, and he's this big burly dude with all kinds of hair coming out everywhere and he's he's really the a big cuddly teddy bear guy but he looks the part and um uh he told me one time that some record company you know exec came to see the band and he said you know uh i like your band i think you got something um you know lose a, lose some weight and you'll be good and i hope he doesn't mind me telling this story but uh, and I went, screw that guy. Be you. You're the guy I want to see on stage. You're the guy that when you do that guttural growl, I, I if something breaks out in the mosh pit up front, you're the going to be the guy I'm going to look to to jump down in it. That, be that guy. Screw that. He, he, that dude don't know what he's talking about.
3: Here's a little um, behind the music, I guess you could say, in our song, Mended. Um, right before the guitar solo, I think, uh, the, the words are, but when I feel you, then I let go right there. There's this big guttural, I mean, just a powerful scream. My big burly friend, Jason Miller, we just brought him into the studio to hang out one day. And so we were listening to the playback on that song and he's like, let me try something. And he got in there and he just put that big, deep guttural one take scream there and mended. We're like, keep it, keep it. Yeah, I mean, We'll never do it on stage. <laughs> but, I mean,
1: hey, get yourself a track.
3: Uh, we, we, we're planning on it. That was supposed to be today's work at rehearsal, but it was canceled. Oh, well. Throwing all the little ear candies from our songs into our stage show because got to keep up with them, Joneses. You yeah. Know what saying.
1: Well, the other thing is, is as a lead singer, I've always wondered this, like. I started to wonder this uh, when I got into Guns N' Roses back in the 80s where like Axel, Sm- Axel Rose smokes like crazy. He's a big smoker, still is. How do you protect your throat and your voice when you're going out doing this every night? I just don't understand because I've been to rock shows where I've been singing along and having a good time and screaming and the next day I'm like, I can't even talk.
3: Well, Corey, I, I ordered this DVD. It was called the It's called the Zen of Screaming, and um, like Corey Taylor used this chick, this coach, because they, uh, so, uh, you, of course you've listened to Slipknot. Can you imagine doing those shows day right? day out? With the way he goes goes, but he actually tore his vocal cords. Oh wow! And he went through her school of training to use a lot more diaphragm than the throat, and uh, it really—I mean—he's able to continue to do it. I don't think he, that he's able to do go as hard as he used to um, just from the damage he already did. Yeah. There's, there's ways to take care of your, your throat and your vocal cords.
1: Say what you will. I I know I'm getting off track. Say what you will about Corey Taylor. That guy is super talented.
3: I love that guy. He is very talented. Michael sweet. I love Corey Taylor let um, our it, Valentine's ready now.
1: Okay. Isolate that, Aaron. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes.
3: Uh,
1: let me say what I want to say about Corey Taylor. I saw Slipknot for the first time in 01, and I had never heard of him. And I was at a, a festival, I was there to see a lot of other bands, and Slipknot was on. It, it hadn't even gotten dark yet, if that tells you where they placed on this festival. Hadn't even gotten dark yet, but I was sitting next to this dude and he was Slipknot crazy and he thought that he uh, Slipknot should be headlining the festival and everything. I was like, all right, well, okay, you kind of rabid for Slipknot. I get it, right? But I, when I saw him, I was like the music I'm not into, but man, the stage show is unbelievable. And then uh, I had the opportunity to see him a couple of more times, always on festivals, because, like you said, they're not my type of show. But, um, and I tell everybody, like, including Aaron, uh, even if you just see like the opening of the show, it's worth it. These people put on just this amazing show. But I always said that, man, I wish Corey would do something a little more just hard rock and not metal, because I think he'd be good at it.
3: Stone sour.
1: Stone sour. Man. When I found Stone Sour, I was like, that's it. I Have was... you ever
3: seen any of Corey's acoustic sets?
1: No, like, I haven't, but you, I do like YouTube. his new solo album.
3: Go to YouTube, look up some some just videos of just Corey Taylor and an acoustic guitar. Dude will blow you away.
1: Yeah, he's I very mean, he, talented. He,
3: he has some range, too, man. Yeah. It, it'll surprise you about his vocal range that's not... Yeah, so...
1: Well, with all that, I'm going to wrap this one up And uh, we'll come back in just a few And wrap up the whole show How about that?
3: Sounds like a plan, Stan Sounds good All
1: right, Rock Salt Music Cast Experience This is Chris
2: with the band Fall Star You're listening to the Rock Salt Music Cast Experience With Dave and Aaron I hope you enjoy the show Sweet
1: baby little lambs of God Roxal Musecast Experience, Aaron, Patrick, and Dave. And uh this is the last one, right? This is the last break? Yes, it is. Ah, fantastic. Aaron's.
2: Yeah,
1: I g I gotta go ashore. I gotta
3: go, I gotta go ashore. Go he, ahead.
1: He's gotta go ashore, Patrick. No.
2: <laughs> 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 Exciting and new. Exciting and
1: new. Who's the celebrities on this cruise, Aaron? <laughs> this is the skipper
3: you're looking Me. at right now.
1: <laughs> hey, Fonzie's over there, and Hot Lips is over there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, little buddy. <laughs> hey, are you going to Fantasy Island? <laughs>
3: Uh, no. The island <laughs> no. of Dr. Moreau, that's where
1: they're headed. <laughs> hey, as long as it's not the island of Dr. Fauci.
3: Oh! <laughs> oh, my. oh, man. You're going to have bat soup for dinner. Oh.
2: But, uh, yesterday, y- yesterday, I met some guy...
1: Uh oh! I'll isolate that one. Oh! <laughs> Yesterday Uh-oh. I met some guy. I love my wife. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we met. We met a couple. Uh, we started talking politics, and when he told me Fauci was the best thing since sliced bread, basically, I was like, conversation over. You
3: know. That's. You know.
1: So did you toss him <laughs> overboard?
3: No, that. no, I'm, I'm, I'm a he nice a chum. <laughs> where with? No. <laughs> oh, best thing ever. You should have told him to get his mask on and get him get him back in his cabin because the virus is running rampant. Yeah, on
1: because button. uh he wouldn't be on that cruise if he really thought Fauci was the best thing ever. Oh, yeah, that would be true. Yeah,
3: and so, um.
1: Uh, have you? I know you guys did another on the offensive. Uh, did you discuss two thousand mules? No, we didn't discuss two thousand mules. And uh, I, I, so for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, uh, Patrick Rivers and Dan Streety started this thing called on the offensive. I'm looking to you, Patrick, for to chime in. Um,
3: well, you just had a, such a good handle on it, Dave. Oh, okay. I really Anyways.
1: Um, so I guess Dan has other commitments or whatever, and I uh, finagled my way into saying, I'll do it. Um,
3: Actually, he strong-armed me.
1: Kind of. I it mean, is. I really pushed. I did. He <laughs> sent me
3: some mean tweets, and I was like, okay. <laughs> you don't want to oh, get man. Clinton, do you? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Yeah. Um. I know your name's oh, not man. Epstein,
1: but yeah, I'm you know. <laughs> gonna hang myself. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so we did an On the offensive. Uh, the first one for for me, at least, it's up on YouTube. What's it? Um, was it just called on the offensive on YouTube? Right, if you want to yeah. search it. All right, so uh, yeah, on the offensive, and uh, we talked about mostly. We talked about um, the, the Pelosi's. MC. Yeah, the Pelosi's, and how drunk. They are and yes. Paul Pelosi's drunk driving and how he killed his brother many years ago and how uh, uh, if it was you or I that had done that, well, we'd be in jail facing felony charges, yeah. yes. but because it was Paul Pelosi, he, you know, paid his $5,000 and he's hit with four misdemeanor charges. So
3: um, Aaron, we were sparing you the politics today and you bring it up. Yeah. see, <laughs> yeah, I, I was to
2: promote it. yeah i was and gonna I give heard.
3: the what is that so i mean yeah. i i just i have to throw this in here so today i went to there's a right about 30 minutes up the road there's this uh comic-con it's the uh, huntington comic-con it's like the, i think oh. their third year and it's pretty big wow. And so um there were a ton of people there um but the place reeked of body odor and virginity, <laughs> as they <I laughs> usually do. <laughs> body odor and virginity all over that place. Um, Chuck Norris was there, so I think was he, he really? Uh, yeah, Chuck Norris is there. Oh, the Dread Pirate Roberts from the Princess. Yeah, Pride Kerry was Elvis. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he was there. Um, the Railroad Express or the Rock and Roll Express, anyway. Um, uh, the old school wrestlers. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, it was it was a it was a it was ninety bucks for me, the wife, and two kids to walk around for an hour and be like, "Yeah, I'm a nerd, but I'm not a super nerd." <laughs> yeah, means- you know, I do
1: feel a little. I go to cons all the time, and I go for, uh, well, one big reason, which is the celebrities. The smells? No, the celebrities. Oh. Uh, I like meeting the celebrities and talking to them and and stuff like that, and I do collect the autographs. Uh, so I go to those things, but I always walk out feeling a little better about myself cause I'm not truly <laughs> one of them. <laughs> uh, you know, I will say I went to one con, uh, specifically to meet one person, which was Marky Ramon. I was so excited to meet Marky Ram- Ramon. And I thought that uh, he was just going to have this long line and, you know, I'm really not going to get to talk to this guy. And that, that's really what I like to do. I like talking to him. Um, and so he comes in and there's no one at his table. It's like nobody knows who Marky Ramone is.
3: Like the Pink Ranger today. Yeah. He had nobody.
1: Yeah. Nobody at his table. And I didn't feel bad for the guy. He's Marky Ramone. But it just gave me the opportunity to really talk to him and um i mean on a on a just a human level not a rock and roll level and what a cool dude now his politics don't align with mine by any means but a very humble um gentle dude i mean he just gives that vibe off you love him too dave yeah i do i love mikey ramon um (laughs) the uh but he told me about uh well this was back when the big napa fires a couple years ago happened here just wiped out whole communities and uh, he was talking about the devastation of that and then he was telling me how he would go out and help with the the hurricane stuff in florida and he's just this real down-to-earth dude and i asked him i was like what's it like Being a member of this band that is rock and roll history, but also so influential on so many other bands. And he was like, I'm just a drummer, dude. I didn't do anything special. Uh, If you want to talk about something special, let's talk about Florida. So that's where his focus is on. You know what I mean? Uh, Florida, meaning the hurricane uh, recovery and all that, right? That he, the work that he had done. So, um, yeah, he's a very cool dude. And that's why I like talking to these people. Cause some of them are just like knacks, but some of them are really cool people that, uh, when you talk to them on a, on a personal level, they start to open well, up.
3: It was very clear to me in Huntington, West Virginia here, where this comic con is taking place right now, as we speak, um, Chuck Norris nor, um, the dread pirate Roberts were at their table yet. Mm-hmm. And their lines were completely packed and everybody else was empty. And they also wow. had that uh, the voice of whatever Batman, the animated series, there. Yeah. And so we were walking through there, and the next thing all of a sudden we hear, hey! And I look around, and there's that dude who voiced Batman um standing on his table, and he, I am the knight, I am vengeance. <laughs> and I'm like, You are broke.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we're just gonna Do we got enough time? I know we went a little long, but I really kind of want to tell this story. Uh, We went to a con down in Vegas. Now I I go to cons. It it doesn't matter what kind of con it is. Um, whether it's a comic con or a toy con or what uh, they do, this one here con in Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, they do this one here called a uh, Sinister Creature Con, which is all about horror movies and stuff like that. But I go for the celebrities. If it's got good guests that I want to meet, I'll go. Um, that so Sweet Con, yeah, like a Striper Con. Oh, I am there. <laughs> Black and yellow spandex. Yep. Hello, sweet. Yep. <laughs> Um, Hey, maybe we should put that together. We could get a striper con. (laughs)
3: Oh, man. All right.
1: Maybe not. Um, Anyhow, we met this guy. I went to a a toy con. It's a huge toy con down in Vegas every year. And um, celebrities were all people I wanted to meet. It was like the cast of uh, Super Troopers and uh, John and, and Ponch from Chips and, you know, all these wrestlers and stuff like that. So. Um, the my son had a record uh, that had a Skeletor painted on it, and the Skeletor was painted like he's laying down, like that Bert Reynolds, that old Burt Reynolds sings, where he's <laughs> laying down with his arm holding his head up, type of thing, you know. And uh, he says, "Will you take this down and see if he'll sign it for you?" And I was like, "I'll take it, but I don't think he's gonna sign this, dude." So, um, I took it down and this dude has been in a lot of stuff. So I'm looking at all his pictures and everything. And I went, ah, oh, I, I see you were in Hogan's heroes and this and that. And I said, but have you ever seen anything like this? And I showed him the record and he just bust out laughing and he turned to the guy next to him, who was the voice of he man. And he goes, Hey, check this out. Look what this dude just brought me. And I go, I honestly, I didn't think he'd like it. And he goes, I love it. I think it's hysterical. He didn't charge me for any signatures that day. He That's stood around, talked with me. Um, he was also the voice of Falcor in the Never Ending Story. So he made a video for my friend's daughter as the voice of Falcor. Just the nicest guy. And he refused to take one dime from us. Wow. Yeah. Just All the nicest guy. Because
3: of your um, pervert Skeletor on a record. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
1: But anyhow, all right. With that, I'm going to wrap it up. Aaron, you enjoy Alaska and the Love Boat or the Titanic, whichever you're well, I guess on.
3: You're, that couple you met. It, it's, <laughs> the, it's the miracle. Oh my gosh! You know,
1: it's the it's Love like I can Boat.
3: Tell that Fauci fan. It's a miracle. It doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh man. Um. Oh. You know, I just
2: tried to be friendly. That's it. Hey. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta get off the ship. So, uh, hey, happy trails.
1: Happy trails. Happy <laughs> All right. It's three. It's it's. I was gonna say it's three days under. It's the Rock Cell Music Cast experience. Have a good one, happy trails.
0: Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that. He's one who will never leave you flat. No! Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. to pray and how to save my soul he taught me how to praise my god and still play rock and roll the music may sound different but the message is the same it's just an instrument to praise his name jesus is a friend of mine jesus is my friend jesus is a friend of mine i have a friend in jesus jesus is a friend of mine jesus is a friend of mine And I'm perfect if I ever get that way